Sub GW, SUP, or SUP, stands for Sustainable Urban Planning. This is George Washington University's Sustainable Urban Planning graduate student-run podcast. We interview thought leaders, faculty, fellow students, alumni, and working professionals to talk about sustainable urban planning topics, themes, issues, and news not just in the DMV, but across the country and around the world. Tune in each semester for a new season, new ideas, and to hear what's up with Sustainable Urban Planning. My name is Alex Davis. And I'm Melissa Pennant. And we are graduate students, part of the Sustainable Urban Planning Program at George Washington University. Um, As part of our Park Equity podcast series, we are here today with Bates McKinney. Um, Bates, would you like to take a moment and introduce yourself and a little bit about what you do in your background? Absolutely. Thank you, Melissa. Um, My name is Bates McKinney. I have been working with the Spartanburg County Parks Department for five years now. I am the Recreation Coordinator 2 over the 50-plus program. What this means is I oversee, well, not right now because of COVID, but under normal circumstances, we would have day trips. We would also have monthly education series. We also have programs that meet at various community centers, um, some that are actually overseen by parks, some that are through partnerships with other groups, and we would normally have seven community centers that would be um, meeting at this time. Uh, before coming to Parks, I was a memory care director so for six years, so I worked with dementia residents and their families. My background is in psychology. I actually have my master's in psychology, but I have gone back to school um, to earn my PhD in leadership and gerontology. So seniors are definitely my passion. Awesome. Great to hear that. Um, So thank you for that introduction, Mrs. Bates. Uh, And what we're going to do now is dive right into some of the questions. So uh, Mrs. Bates, uh, our first question for you is, you know, what is park equity to you and why is it important for seniors? I want everyone to be comfortable coming to the parks and realizing that being involved with the parks and recreation is more than just the physical walking trails, although I want them to be a part of that. Um, Part of the misnomer for me when I came to parks was understanding that it was more than just the, the amazing maintenance staff out there taking care of the grounds. It, it is the community centers. It is programming and I think there's a lot of 
misinformation or thinking that the programming is only for children. And so I want families and seniors to know that it is available for everyone um, and to feel comfortable and to and to be willing to go and use those facilities for themselves as well. Absolutely. And parks are not just for, you know, one generation of people, they're for all people. Um, and so with that, like, how do you hope to see or how do you plan for parks with shifting demographics and, and aging population and, you know, people coming and going, um, moving into the cities, moving out of the cities um, in different areas? How do you help plan for that or see that in the future? One program, and it's not necessarily really strong in my area right now that I've heard about is doctors writing parks prescriptions and telling people to get out and to actually use the facilities and to do the walking trails. And for older adults, that is particularly important because they are a generation who really respect authority figures and they look to doctors as being the ultimate authority. So if a doctor says go to the parks, they're more inclined to do that than if their kids are saying, mom, dad, you need to go and walk the trails. Um, I think offering intergenerational activities has proven useful in some cases where people feel comfortable, okay, I'm bringing my grandkids, I see what opportunities are available for me so I can come back. Um, I think making them available, like you said, people may be living in more rural areas or they may be in the city. So finding these little pocket um, parks that do work in cities is just as valuable as having a larger space out in the country. Um, so trying to find ways so that there is a park within a certain radius to everyone is certainly ideal. Yeah, most definitely, um, I, I like that uh, the focus on just, you know, uh, when thinking about multi-generational, it is ways to be considerate of, you know, both demographics, whether they're senior or younger, and ways to just, you know, get them out and about and uh, find various methods of making sure that uh, there is, you know, that accessibility and sort of the uh, ability to just, you know, uh, be pushed, put together. And with that, um, what are some of the different needs you find between various age groups and demographics? What I have seen working with the, the senior programs at the different community centers is that families and the seniors themselves are using the programs to try and keep mom and dad at home versus having to move into a retirement facility. Um, and there are pros and cons to that because I've had to make very difficult conversations or have very difficult conversations with families where I've said, we are no longer the appropriate place for your loved one because for 
example, they have dementia and they are wandering. And our community centers aren't locked facilities. They're not an adult daycare. We don't have that level of supervision and we're not going to. Um, that's, that's not our place. And so it, it has been difficult to have to say, okay, we love your mom, we love your dad, but we're no longer safe for them. Um, at the same time, by being there while they are still appropriate to come to the program, it has extended the time that they could be in the community, not in a retirement facility, and it has also given them quality of life. Um, so I think that's the biggest challenge because having worked in the retirement community, that is not a financial option for most people. Um, and even if there were funds there, there's simply not enough beds for all of our aging seniors to be able to live in a retirement community. So I think parks are going to become even more of a priority to help bridge that gap and allow people to age in place. Um, so finding those activities, finding that connection, helping to fight um, isolation and loneliness is, is crucial. Um, and in providing meals, all that go into being a program in a community center. No, absolutely. And I'm, I'm sure those conversations would be very hard to have because everyone wants the best for their parents and their loved ones. Um, so in your job, do you have any um, examples or stories of how parks really played an impact in the lives of seniors or have seen how parks have influenced the lives of senior citizens? Absolutely. Um, the fact that we have not been able to meet right now because of COVID, we've, we've actually had to suspend all of our programs, our day trips, as, where, as, um, as well as our community center programs since mid-March. Um, but we have been able to deliver deli and frozen meals to the participants who were coming to the community centers. We actually deliver them four to six meals um, once every week. And that is a chance for us to, to see them. I mean, we don't, we obviously stay socially distanced, we're wearing masks, but it is just that sense you're, you're still out there. Um, you're, you're not alone. Um, and we've been able to make that happen. And actually the center directors who are over those programs are the ones who deliver those meals. So they're keeping that contact. They're also doing weekly wellness checks by phone. Um, and the seniors are calling at all hours of the night because they feel like that's their family. Um, we also offer a weekly newsletter to our just general 50 plus population where we have everything from just trivia to we we do mindful monday tasty tuesday with some type of um, recipe 
Whimsical Wednesday, Thankful Thursday, and Fitness Friday. Um, and, and people respond and say, thank you for this. This gives me something to look at and be, be thinking about. We're actually asking for submissions right now to put together a holiday recipe book to send out. Um, and we've partnered with a local college and the college students are also making well check calls and playing trivia games with the seniors over the phone. So just finding those ways to to keep connections has meant the world to the seniors, the families reach out to us and say thank you so much. Um, and some of the seniors are like, we're, we're going to get together even if you guys can't do it. And so they've been going to each other's homes to play cards because they're like, we need this. Um, or they're, they're on their own scheduling times to meet at um, different places to, to socially distance but talk. Um, we've staged a couple of birthday parades. So people have decorated their cars and then driven by. We had one lady who turned 99. Um, and so they drove by her house and, and celebrated her. So um, just, just the power of connection is so important. That is uh, a very powerful word. Uh, I do remember from reading the article about uh, the various programmings that you all have and why it's important for uh, positive outcomes, whether it's within, you know, social well-being, physical well-being, um, spiritual well-being, uh, and seeing that you all have those various components that you utilize in order to just, you know, uh, keep them moving, especially in COVID times, because we know it's especially difficult. Uh, and so I, I definitely uh, like hearing about the creative programming that you all have, uh, especially uh, the Tasty Tuesdays. Maybe uh, if we're ever in Spartanburg, we can get an invitation. Absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. So just seeing that there are, you know, various ways in which you connect to uh, the seniors through the Parks and Rec program. One thing that uh, me and Melissa are curious to ask about is uh, what components of your park system for seniors do you believe can be used as a catalyst uh, to support uh, existing citywide planning initiatives and policies? Uh, because uh, we all know that not all uh, park systems are created equally. So uh, just a, a little bit of insight on that would be helpful. What I think would be important is for policymakers to actually talk to the seniors. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times people are making assumptions and, and they're coming from good places. Their, their hearts are in the right place, um, but they're reading articles, they're checking textbooks, they're making assumptions about, you know, this is what the seniors want. Whereas when you actually ask the seniors, would you like to have this opportunity? They're like, no, or could you do it in a different way? Um, so I think for each community, they need to 
essentially do a needs assessment, um, whether it's as a town hall, um, whether it's going door to door, but they need to have those communications with the seniors themse themselves and say, what do you want to see here? Um, I think that's where a lot of places miss the mark is they don't speak to the demographic that they want to, they want to help. Yeah, that that you raise a, a excellent point in terms of uh, community outreach, uh, ensuring that you know, uh, in, in terms of uh, one of the components that you spoke of, in terms of uh, making it uh, accessible for seniors. I, I think that's a part of it as well, too. Making sure that uh, you're communicating and reaching out to the seniors, so the opportunities are 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 uh, are well known and. Uh, there can be changes that they can make that make it more amenable uh, to the seniors. Absolutely. Um, one of the biggest needs uh, that I see kind of, and, and I would say this is true whether we're talking about the seniors who come to our community centers or just the ones in the general 50 plus population is the need for transportation. Um, there are a lot of older adults who want to still be involved, um, but they they don't have means to get to our locations. Um, and some are getting more comfortable with using Lyft and Uber. Mm -hmm. uh, a decent portion still drive, but for those who don't drive or don't feel comfortable driving, um, they often need the services even more, but they are quite literally isolated because of that lack of transportation. Um, so I would say that is a huge need. And we are very fortunate that one of our partnerships is with the local hospital who does transportation. Um, and so through our grant program for our community centers, we have transportation. But for our day trips, we'll have people reach out and say, we would love to do this trip, but I don't have a way to to get to you to meet up. Okay. No, absolutely. That's a major part of it. And you know, most seniors in the aging population, my grandfather is turning 100 this year. And even with COVID, he always enjoyed going out, but it's much harder now, as you were talking about. And he can still drive, thankfully, but a lot of his friends no longer can. So he has to either go pick them up or if they're able and willing to use a smartphone, get a ride from Uber or Lyft or even a family member. But it's definitely difficult. Um, and one of the other things we wanted to ask you about was what are some of the components of um, park accessibility that are needed for seniors to really engage socially and physically and mentally? Um, have the ability to get outside more. I like when you see the um, the outside fitness equipment that is set up to look like almost a a play area for seniors. I think that's mm -hmm. cute, and that that could help with more of an intergenerational um, connection. I think having, obviously having ramps or ways to e easily get up and down off of curbs is important. Um, one of the big 
concerns that I have going to facilities because I myself am visually impaired is when the, um, you have stairs, but there's nothing to indicate the, the change in the stairs. There's no gradation. There's no type of reflective tape or anything to make it easier to see the steps. Um, so I think we need more of that. We need better and more consistent handrails um, everywhere. Um, proper lighting just in terms of the, the physical structures of the outdoors. Um, indoors, you need to make it so that things are not cluttered. Um, having rugs that have a lot of patterns um, can look busy. Um, having the different colored stripes, darker stripes look like holes or drop-offs, and so people may not feel comfortable walking across um, the floor. They're concerned they're going to fall. Um, so just being mindful of, of patterns, being mindful of we need chairs that have arms um, because a lot of seniors have difficulty standing up and they need something to be able to press against to push up. Um, and it can become dangerous when they're holding on to the table to stand. Um, so just making things more comfortable uh, will also attract them to, to want to come and to participate. I like that. I, I, I early on, um, you know, you were curious if uh, you could speak to the infrastructure piece and then you had, <laughs> you know, spoke so eloquently about it right there. That, that is like an important piece. And, you know, those changes are major, especially for park programs that are looking to find out various ways to accommodate uh, the various needs of seniors because, you know, there could be one dimensional approaches where, you know, like, no, we don't need to adjust any of like the gradation of like the stairs to indicate that there's a shift or change. Like this is mm -hmm. not important, but just, you know, from hearing you speak on that, uh, there it, it's a, a almost granular approach. It's not necessarily black and white. And there's a, a spectrum of, you know, changes that can be done uh, from an infrastructure standpoint uh, that can be very much an addition uh, to uh, the parks and recs programs that are, are looking to aid seniors. Absolutely, absolutely. And it doesn't have to be done all at once. Um, and what they'll often find is the changes actually benefit variety of people. So they think they're helping the seniors or they think they're helping someone with a, a physical disability, but they ultimately help multiple populations at the same time. Absolutely. That, that's, that, that's great. Um, and um, you had uh, kind of inadvertently answered one of the questions, which were, what are some design guidelines that are beneficial for seniors? <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go into our, 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 our next one, which is, um, why is a sense of community and ownership important for seniors? Really, this gets to um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, 
we, with the hierarchy, you start with the most uh, basic physiological needs, and that is you need, you need food, you need water, um, you need air. Then you build to safety needs, and safety needs, part of that is routine. Um, so if you have seniors who are coming to a community program, that becomes part of their routine, and that gives them structure that's familiar and that builds on um, that, that sense of connection. The next level, you're talking about belonging needs. Um, and, and that's where building that sense of community and, and having that ownership, this is, this is mine. Parents uh, are too young to have ever seen this TV show, but there used to be a TV show called Cheers. And the tagline, the theme song was where everybody knows your name. Um, and so that's... I don't want to interrupt you, but that was my mom's favorite show and she made us watch that religiously. So don't... <laughs> it's all good. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's what it is. I mean, they they all know your names. They each... People don't believe us when we tell them this before they tour our different community centers, but each one has its unique personality, its own approach, um, and, and that comes with that feeling, that sense of ownership. Um, and so you now you belong, you're part of that group, and from there you build your sense of esteem and purpose. You can feel accomplished. Um, we have one group that does a lot of community outreach. That is their big thing, and so they're constantly trying to figure out who's the next group we can help. Um, we have a... Um, Another group who named themselves the Golden Geezers. Um, that is what they wanted to be. And they started their own Facebook group and they were just so proud of it. They even got a, um, a little betta fish and named him um, Little Geezy. Um, and that's what they wanted. <laughs> Um, we have another group that is a younger group that calls themselves the Springers, um, and they made t-shirts. So it's, it's building your own, um, your own brand and, and that comes with building that sense of community and, and having that pride. I think you touched on all the points very well, and I'm glad to see that your involvement with you know, the senior citizens and in in the populations of older people are still lively and enjoying life. And that's one of the, the main reasons to go out and go into a park and get your social well-being, physical well-being, mental well-being, um, just being around people and people you care about and loved ones. And the multi-generational facets of parks is even more important. Um, and Ms. Page, we thank you so much for being with us here today and for sharing your insight with us um, as part of our Park Equity podcast. Um, for our listeners, join us next week as we outline or continue our outline of um, our three-part series on park equity for seniors. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to SubGW. 
George Washington University Sustainable Urban Planning Graduate Student Run Podcast. Catch us next time to hear more about what's up with urban planning.